Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, Season 3, Episode 2, for Saturday the 16th of January 2021. Coming up this week, I've had an e-reader News Today promo on my 12-pack of thrillers. I'll let you know how it went. My author platform book is steaming along now. It should be finished by next week in first draft form. I'm back to BookBub with one book submitted and the results just in and another on the way. Plus, I'll be answering a listener question all about Facebook groups for writers. Welcome to this week's show. I've been steaming on with the author platform book and the current word count is 45,401. Now, remember, as I told you last week, that isn't words written. I haven't written 45,000 words since the 1st of January. That is words that have been assembled. So it's a combination of using old text from my previous release of the author platform book. Plus, I'm writing new bits in there because obviously things have changed and things have updated. So I can't really even hazard a guess at how many words I've written. I would guess maybe 8,000 added to that. Many take it away. But I was quite surprised to see actually how well the text had worn over the past four to five years. The principles, the social media principles are still the same, even though my advice has varied slightly in those five years. So five years ago, I think you kind of had to be on social media. These days, I'm not really entirely sure that you need to be. Obviously, every little bit helps. But I do think my current advice would be to strip it right back and to just stick to one or two social channels if you're on social media at all. Now, I have tied down a title for the book now. I've had to commit to a book cover, so I contacted Sean Stevens from flintlockcovers.com. Sean has done all the three uh, covers so far for my non-fiction books, and I'm going to get him to do the last two so that they all look branded, You know, so they're all part of the same kind of series, if you want. So the title is going to be, at the top of the book, it's going to say, by internet marketer and self-published author, is it PTG I write my non-fiction under? PTG I think it is. And then the title is Your Author Platform Blueprint, and the subheadline is How to Help Readers Find You Online, brackets, avoiding social media if you want to, exclamation mark. So uh, hopefully that will differentiate it from any other author platform books. If you go on Amazon at the moment, there are several author platform books there. Uh, and, and Sean is basically going to give me a nice cover. That's not in just yet. It'll be at any time now. I'll decide what the cover is. And I will, as soon as I've got the cover, I will probably set a pre-release date for the book, which probably is going to be about March the 1st, something like that, I would guess. And then I'll probably submit the order for the email marketing book. I've just got to settle on a title for the email marketing book. And I've um, I've earned the edits. I've earned the money for the edits and the covers already. So that's in the bank now. And so I'm, I'm trying to earn stuff before I order it at the moment. So uh, that money's in the bank, which is always nice as well. Um, so the book's going well. I haven't done an awful lot of work at it, to be fair. Um, I've been out gallivanting quite a lot this week. But when I'm not gallivanting, uh, I'm working on that book. But as I say, the the core text is actually okay. It's not too bad. So it's really been, it's almost been like sort of a combination of editing and and just adding little bits um, and just reframing um, a couple of little bits. And what I've done in this book is, in the original author platform book, it was step by step by step. You had a screenshot for every step of the progress. Well, I'm not doing that anymore in my nonfiction books. I'm not doing the step by step guides anymore. So what I've done is I've stripped out the images. I've stripped out all the sections that say, click this, click that, 
do this, do that. And I've boiled it right down just to the core things that you need to do on a Facebook page. And then what I'm doing with all these nonfiction books is instead of me showing you what to do, I'm having a single resources page and the, the resources page is pretty well, pretty well the only link that I'm promoting through the book. And then that way, uh, I could I could then put um, video guides about how to do this, that, and the other on Facebook by other people, not by me. And if I ever need to update them, I could just update the links on the main web page. I don't have to update the book. I just have to update the links on the main web page, and that only takes me a couple of minutes to do. So what I'm trying to do with my nonfiction is I'm trying to future proof it so that maybe every three to five years I, I'll do a, a a rewrite of it but that rewrite won't be substantial whereas before when I was doing these step-by-step -step screenshot guides you would publish the book and then Facebook would change its complete layout and look and the book would pretty well be obsolete so I'm trying to get away from that frustration sharing knowledge and experience whilst not making a rod from my own back by having to update it every five minutes i'm breaking that link between the social media channels updating and changing their look and what's in my books so yeah sean stevens has been booked in to do the two covers so i've ordered the first cover that'll be with me any moment now i should have that available by next week and i've also booked in julie stock from clued up publishing who edits my non-fiction books for me so julie's booked in for the edit on the author platform book. Now I've said to Julie, there's no mad rush with this. I will have it ready for the 5th of February. So basically I'm hoping to have the, well, I will have the first draft written by the end of next week. We're then going, so long as we can still travel, we, we're going up to Benidorm for a week. So I will I will edit it, reread it, re-nose it during that Betty Dawn week. And then I thought I'd better just leave myself a week after that in case I get absolutely nothing done. And um, j just to make sure it's ready for Julie on the 5th of February. And I've said to Julie, there's no mad rush for this book. I, I, it, it's, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter when it gets released. It can get released whenever. But I probably will, when I get the cover, set it up on as a pre-sale. But I'll put it at a date that's very, very sad to have it put it, because it allows me to create book funnel links and a, a little promo for this, uh, you know, for this uh, podcast. That's what it's called. It's a podcast, Paul. That's what you're doing at the moment. And so, um, you know, I can just kind of put things in motion around the book. But as I say, there's no mad rush with it. There's no fixed deadline. I, I'm in no rush. It can get, it can go when it's ready, basically. And, and just with that in mind, I, you know when you look at your emails and then sometimes you have this involuntary finger motion on the mouse I, i'm pretty sure that i saw uh, an email coming in from somebody saying can i have access to read my, the author platform book in google drive and it disappeared and, and if i deleted it it didn't go into my deleted so it didn't go into my spam so it was almost like i saw it and then it it disappeared so if you're that person and you're thinking how rude how rude of paul not to get back to me um, I don't know what happened to the email. It just kind of spontaneously combusted in front of my eyes. Just drop me another line. If you were expecting me to give you access to the book and I didn't, that's what happened to your email. I'm not quite sure what happened to it because it ought to have been either in spam and deleted and it wasn't. And I'm sure I wasn't hallucinating. But just drop me a line again if you would, if you were expecting access to that and I'll, I'll sort of pop you in. You just need to email paul at paulteague.com. This podcast is supported by affiliate sales of BookBrush, the simplest way to create 3D book covers, box sets, sales videos, and social media images for your books. 
When you buy BookBrush through my affiliate link, you pay the same price as normal, but I take a percentage of the sale proceeds, which goes to support my time and effort in producing this podcast. I've used Photoshop, Pixlr, Canva, and although they're all great, you can't beat BookBrush as a core component of your author armory. To check out the best image and promo creation service for indie authors, head over to paulteague.com forward slash bookbrush. In other writing news this week, I told you that I'd made that terrible, well not terrible mistake, but a bit of a dough moment with my Trust Me Once book in that I'd put the um, interior of Fall from Grace into it, the second book in my Morecambe Bay 2 series. And I said I hadn't really got a very good response from Amazon. But I got back to Amazon last week because they had, they had sent me a link. And, and, and I, th- I think basically what they were telling me, it wasn't exactly very clear what they were saying. But the implication was is that if you'd bought the book you, and you clicked on this link, it would allow you to, to replace the file you've got with the file you needed. And in that link, it had somebody's name. And I looked at it, I thought, that looks to me like it's a, like a personal email, like it's been done on, on an intranet. So I just dropped them a note and said, could I just click that, check that that link's right? And they sent me a note back basically saying, this is their exact words, your, your ebook new information on the recent updates has been sent to your existing readers. So it does sound like they have done something with that. Now, I, I don't fully understand what they've done with it, but it does sound like they've sent them a link to say, if you want to update the, the book, you click here and you could update the book. So hopefully it sounds like that situation has been rectified now by Google. I've had no more emails about it. So the, the problem, Touchwood, seems to have gone away. Last week, I was just chatted along about how terrible I am at sending out emails to my list and that I was going to try and get things going again with the list, just try and get those numbers up again and, and, and maybe rouse myself to make an effort to email my list, particularly as I'm just about to write a book on email marketing. And one of the ideas I had was that maybe rather than having to write an email every time, that you might actually record some audio because one of the ways that a podcast works so nicely is rather than me writing it, you hear me talking about it. And then if you hate my voice you, and, and the way I am, you'll just disappear and you won't listen again. And if you get on with it and, it, uh, you'll like, and you like it, you'll, you'll keep listening. And so you end up with podcast listeners who, who tend to listen every week, every month, however, however often you broadcast. And that's how I am too. I listen to podcasts and then uh, I, I've just deleted one this week. In the, 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 guy, the guy talks so fast. He talks so fast. I can't. I can't. Reti- I'm too old. I can't retain the information. He talks so fast, and I slowed him down on my podcast app so that I could. I could retain the information. But I've just decided. I thought, take a breath, man. Take a breath. Um, it's so fast, but the content's good. But I. I don't even really like listening to it slow. He's just. He's just going too fast, and he just needs to take a breath and a pause. But um, so I, I deleted that, not because there's anything wrong with the podcast, just because he, he just needs to slow down. Uh, you know, so that's how people react to voices. It was always the same on the radio. It's the same on the radio. Some people you like, some people you don't like. You stick with the ones you do, you jettison the ones you don't. So that was my basic off the cuff idea last week about email marketing. Well, uh, Dan Sewell dropped me a note via Twitter this week. And he sort of followed up on my podcast comments and come up with a working example of of sending an, an audio email update. And, and Dan had even an even better idea. Now, this was right under my nose and I didn't notice it. I think I, I somebody, thank you very much. I think it was Tarina off the top of my head um, 
also thought this was a great idea. And thank you very much, Trina, for putting the uh, buy me some coffees on buymeacoffee.com. Uh, but Tarina said, oh, it's a great idea. I love that. And I got back to Tarina and said, do it during using SoundCloud because SoundCloud's a, a free way of recording audio. But Dan came up with the ideal solution. And it was right under my nose all the time, which is, of course, don't use SoundCloud. Use Anchor.fm because Anchor.fm is how I deliver this podcast now. It's free. And of course, if you then, you don't have to use it for podcasts, you could use it for your newsletter audio if you want to. And then you get this beautifully arranged website that has all your previous newsletters in it and you can brand them just like you would brand a podcast. It doesn't have to be a podcast that goes in in Anchor FM. So Dan sent me an example of his first newsletter. It was a trial newsletter. And he'd used Anchor FM to do it, which is free. You can record your newsletter using a microphone like I am now, or you can just do it directly into your mobile phone. So you don't need any kit. You don't need anything fancy to do it. The other thing about Anchor FM is it gives you musical interludes uh, if you want them as well. So it'll, it'll give you just a bit of music to put on the beginning and the end, and that's licensed music. You have to pay for it. So you don't have to worry about copyright. And then, of course, it creates this lovely player that you could then share your recorded newsletter in. So that was inspired, Dan. And as the as the guy who already has a podcast on Anchor FM, I ought to have made that connection. But two two free ways of doing the audio, and the one I'd recommend is the way Dan's done it, anchor.fm, or you could use soundcloud.com, which, which will also give you a free account for your audio. But essentially, if you're going to send that email with your audio ramblings in it, you need a web link to the audio, and SoundCloud and Anchor FM will both do that for you. They will host the audio for you in, say, the way that uh, YouTube does. You know, it gives you a nice link that you can share, and you don't have to pay the hosting costs on that. Anyhow, Dan has kindly said I can share his example. So if you want to have a look at that and see how it would work... Dan has something called the Rotten Row Newsletter, and it's at anchor.fm forward slash Daniel slash Sewell. And I will put that link on this week's show notes to save you hunting around for it or putting misspellings or anything like that. But it's well well worth a listen. Um, you know, Dan, Dan got to it before I did, but that's exactly what I was talking about. Now, of course, whether I actually get my butt into gear and do it is another thing. So thank you, Dan, for doing the example for everybody to have a listen to. But I think it works really well. It's a nice idea. I submitted my BookBub 12-pack this week. Oh, sorry. I submitted my 12-pack to BookBub this week. It was on Tuesday. And was it last night? I think I got the rejection. Um, they won't have that 12-pack. And, and it's a bit annoying, to be honest with you, because it's got one. It's over 1,200 reviews on it now. So it can't be the number of reviews on it. The other thing I did is I know that sometimes BookBub gets a little bit uppity because it doesn't like 3D covers. Now, it only doesn't like 3D covers because Amazon will accept them. But is it Apple? I think it's Apple that doesn't like the 3D covers. They like a flat cover. So I, I even, especially for the BookBub promo, I removed my 3D graphic of 12 books and I replaced it with a flat cover that I've got so that I could jump through that hoop. But I could only assume they're rejecting me. Well, number one, because space which is the usual problem they haven't got enough space for everybody but also because i'm i'm in kdp select i'm not listing it wide but with that number of reviews you would think they'd have a look at it and think well that's that shifted bucket loads isn't it that that must be worth a look but no they've rejected it again which is very frustrating but 
I'll just keep throwing my hat into the ring with that, as you always do with Book Bum, and hopefully get lucky at some point. And what I am going to try now is I'm going to try another one that I haven't uh, I haven't used on on a, on a Book Bub yet. It's going to be my Morecambe Bay One promotion, which is currently running at 99 pence and cents. That's one that I'm promoting on Facebook at the moment, and it's selling well. I'll, I'll give you some update on those numbers in a moment or two. But uh, I'm going to now submit my Walker Bay One trilogy. So it's a three pack of books. And I'm going to do that at the end of today and see if I can sneak that into BookBub. Now, that hasn't got anywhere near as many reviews yet. I think last time I looked, it was about 40, 49, 50, something like that, because I've only recently started promoting it. But it's got a healthy number of reviews and they're all four point whatever they are. They look like they're just like, I don't think it is, I don't know what the reviews are, but it looks on the stars like it's slightly over um, four and a half, 4.5 reviews. So it's reviewed okay. It's just a case of whether they will accept it. So I'll let you know next week what happens with that. The other thing is, is that the secret bunker can go to BookBub on Saturday. So that'll be the day that this episode is released. The secret bunker is now wide and I'm actually because I just actually would like a promo on that book can you remember me moaning before saying that they keep putting it into is it horror I think it is and I I knocked it back last time in horror the, when it went in horror it made sales and the only reason I don't like it going in horror is you know in the broadest sense of the word I'm happy to accept that the secret bunker one can go into horror but it does very much turn into sci-fi particularly in book three. Book three is really quite heavy sci-fi, which is why I categorise it as science fiction. That's really what it is. And that's what I wasn't writing horror. I don't even know how to write horror. I don't read horror. don't know how to write horror. And I'm very fussy about the horror that I watch in film and TV. My wife watches all of it, but I'm a bit picky and choosy with it. So I would rather it was in sci-fi, but I have to say, I think I'll just put it in horror. <laughs> and say, you know, stick it in horror and let's make $1,000 or whatever it is I'll make off it if, if, if we put it through. Because I guess people could always people could always read the blurb, can't they, and work out what kind of book it is, even if it is in horror. And, and as I say, I think book one probably loosely fits that description, whereas books two and certainly book three doesn't. But I guess by the time you're on those books, you kind of know what you're reading and you know what you're in for. So that's going on. I'm going to submit it to BookBub on Saturday and as I say it is wide now so let's see how we go with that it has been promoted a couple of times already on BookBub I had a e-reader news today promo on my 12 pack on Wednesday it's the first time I've done one of those promos for quite a while I, I don't I think I stopped doing them when I did my rapid release in was that 2019 now that sounds like ages ago doesn't it but it was 2019 when I was doing rapid release and every book I released I think I had an e-reader news today uh was it um a free booksy probably and a book doggy and possibly one other so uh, I, they all got promos and it didn't really move the needle when I did it for my rapid release I mean I guess every little bit helps but I didn't really see a massive difference there and I have to say on my e-reader news today promo this week on the 12 pack there was a slight uptick in sales but i very much doubt i even covered my costs on that now what you can't tell is how many people picked it up and will read it through in terms of page reads i, I can't track that but in terms of the sales and remember it is only 99 pence 99 cents so i could see an uptick in sales not but not very much of one but i didn't really feel that that was worth it it's a long time since i've 
I don't think I've ever advertised that book on ENT. I can't remember. But um, if I have, it's a long time since I've done it. Last week, I said to you that I was struggling a little bit with the Facebook ads and that I'd had, I'd had ads running on everything. And when I'd done a daily breakdown, I'd worked out that I was not in profit. I'd made my first ever loss on a day. So I'd stripped back my ads so that I was having a very low budget in the UK on my Morecambe Bay one box set. And I, I was obviously, my 12 pack has always been in profit. And so I was doing the 12 pack but I just stripped back the budget I just wanted to touch base again with it and make sure that I was back in profit when I'm pleased to report to you that I am back in profit on both of those now so my walk they remember the budgets are only small so don't get distracted by the percentages if the budgets are small so is the profit but the Morecambe Bay Trilogy is now profitable. It wasn't last time. And it's been running at 119% profit this week, which means I've made my money back on ads plus an extra 19%. Uh, and then on my, um, sorry, 119%. So I've made, I've made twice, what am I, I trying to say? <laughs> I've made the money back, yeah, that I've spent on the ads. Yeah, I'm in profit anyway. I'm in profit. 119% basically profit. And on my 12-pack, 53% profit. I never was very good at maths. But the, the percentages are right. The percentages are right. So 53% uh, profit on the 12-pack, um, which is fine. Now, I'd quite like to sneak that up on the 12-pack. And it is doing better in the UK than the US. So I've, I've boosted the budget of the 12-pack in the UK this month. But they are only small spends. I'm only spending about £30 a day at the moment because I just want to calibrate those ads right before I start putting up the the budget on it. Now, Morecambe Bay, what is it? No, the Bay, isn't it? The TV series on ITV in the UK, that starts running on the 20th, which by, off the top of my head was it about Wednesday, must be midweek next week. Um, that everybody will be talking about the Bay on television. So I hope those ads are nice and prominent then when people feel like they can't get enough of the Bay on TV and everybody's talking about it. Hopefully people will start to recommend it by word of mouth. But, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll just whether we get anything out of that. I'm going to be recording some new podcast promos after I've recorded this podcast because I've told you that I've I've boiled down all my websites now. So I'm using paulteague.net for my author work, selfpublishingjourneys.com for this podcast. That's pretty well all I've got now. And that meant that um, paulteague.com is not being used. paulteague.com is actually the domain name I've had for years, but just the way that I shuffled the sites around, it was easier to make paulteague.net my default site now, my default website, the mothership of my business, if you want. So paulteague.com is not really needed, but I've kept my old domain names on with what we call redirect links, because I got a lot of things out there. Um, for instance, my Vellum article uh, was highly keyworded and high up in the search engines. And originally it was on paulteague.com. So I don't want people finding an old cached result in the search engines clicking on it and not coming back to the website so i've set up all the redirects i still own the domain names and although i'll keep the redirects going for a year or so just to make sure i don't have what we call 404 errors where somebody clicks on an old web link and it goes nowhere i want to give the search engines plenty of time to absorb all those new web links that i've made to be honest with you they're doing it pretty fast google's really changed since i've been doing this lark it does index 
pages very fast these days. But I just wanted to make sure I've covered everything that I've done. So I think I've renewed paulteague.com maybe for two years. I'll leave those redirections on and then I'll just let the domain name expire and leave it on paulteague.net. But I'm going to re-record the little promos that you hear on this podcast because at the moment they all go via paulteague.com. Those old links obviously have to remain otherwise I'll have a load of podcast episodes if people listen to the back catalogue and try and find the links they won't be there anymore so I will preserve the links but I'm going to re-record the promo so that they're all based around paulteague.net from now on so hopefully from next week you won't hear of this week and this week's episode but from next week you'll start to hear those new promos well they just sound exactly like the old promos except it'll be paulteague.net rather than paulteague.com so i'm doing that as soon as i've had a cup of tea after i've recorded this week's podcast i've been continuing the great run solo this is what i'm trying to keep up with to make sure i exercise in the first month of the year interestingly when i ran was it yesterday yeah thursday at the time i'm recording this it's the first time I've ever seen a frost in Spain since we've been coming out here. So I did my little run. I didn't actually notice it. I I run along a really long cycle path that runs alongside a main road. And I didn't notice it until I got right up to the top of this cycle path. I was about to turn around and come back again. There were some cars just parked at the side. And I just happened to notice that one was running and there was nobody in it. And then I looked at the windscreen to realise that they had a light frost over them. But also it's the first time I've been out running where I could sort of see my breath in the cold air. If you ever want a warning about how far the droplets travel with uh, with COVID, it's a really good. I mean, if you you know if you're in if you've got cold where you are, you'll you'll have seen that already. But it's the first time I've seen it this year, and you think, wow, that's actually quite interesting to see how far those droplets travel. It's the first time I've seen it like that since COVID came, and um, it is actually quite interesting to see it. So, anyhow. It was it was icy and, and uh, obviously it disencourages you from from going out, but I have managed to get my runs in. I've done twelve of my twenty one so far, and I'm either running or I've got to do an at least a five k walk. Um, so we went to the outs, outdoors market today. Uh, that was about five and a half kilometres, and um, you get these great maps that your little watch. I've got one of these watches that tracks where you've been walking. And the market's huge and massive car park. And you get this lovely map where you're just going up and down these little alleyways where you're looking at the market outside. The map looks fascinating. So a long walk like that. Where did we go the other day? We went to explore some coves and another beach that we haven't been to. And that was, I think we did about eight and a half, nine kilometers, I think it was by the time we did that. So I'm counting substantial walks and my 5K runs. Uh, rather than just like a walk to the shops. You, you can count those, but that's that's cheating for me. I'm making 5K my minimum. So we're up to 12. We will be at 13 tomorrow because I'm doing another run tomorrow. And so we should be on target to achieve the great solo run 21 events by the end of January. This podcast is supported by affiliate sales of memberships to the Alliance of Independent Authors, Ally, which is the professional business membership organisation for self-publishing authors. Now, I've found that I usually cover the cost of my membership by using the special codes that they give out for free listings and revisions on Ingram Spark. Just use a couple of those over the course of a year and your membership will be paid for. However, 
Ally is much, much more than that. You can access expert advice, great support and community, a range of podcasts suitable for authors of all levels, and the amazing online conferences, which gather industry titans several times a year in order to share their best tips and tricks. When you purchase your Ally membership through my affiliate link, you pay the same price as normal, but I take a percentage of the sale proceeds and they go to support my time and effort in producing this podcast. To check out the essential professional membership service for all indie authors, just head over to paulteague.com forward slash ally. That's A-L-L-I. I received a listener question from a previous guest on this podcast, Edwin Downward. And Edwin says, hello, Paul. You mentioned Facebook groups like 20 Books to 50K and Wide for the Win in the latest podcast episode. That was last week. And Edwin says, I must confess, I get less out of this type of group than all the hype says I should. I dropped out of um, 50 books. What is it? 20 books? 20 books of 50K, isn't it? Because they were too high energy in a way that left me sitting in the dust. I know, I know what you mean by that, Edwin. And I'm thinking of dropping out of the other one, Wine for the Win, because the main feed seems to be mainly about how this or that platform is glitching today. I know both of these groups and others, such as SPF, uh, Self-Publishing Formula, they have vast archives of information, but really the effort to search useful tidbits puts those assets into the category of too much work for too few results. So Edwin says, I'm curious as to how you're getting value out of these groups, given your own position of closing down anything that doesn't generate a net profit in terms of your writing business. So it's a really good question, Edwin. And I think this really is about uh, time management. That's how I'm viewing it. So Edwin's basically saying, there's an awful lot of nonsense that goes on in these groups. How do you get value out of that? And so I just wanted to talk to you about the value that I do get from these groups. The first thing I would say to you is I don't spend all my time looking at those groups. I probably scan them once a day. So I don't live in them. I don't generally contribute to them. I have to say I'm a lurker. And the reason I'm a lurker is I don't really feel like I got anything to, to share. I don't really, there's nothing that I want to share. And I never feel the inclination to pile in and, and make a comment on anything. So I, if I see something, I, I, what I do like reading is people's stories when they've got to 100K or 200K. And I always like those or, or put a heart next to them or something like that. But I tend not to be a commenter. So I'm very brief. I'm in and out. I scan them and look for useful stuff. Now, the other thing I would say is don't buy into the hype. This is this goes back to internet marketing. When I was in internet marketing, we used to we used to sell the hype. You know, that's what we used to sell. We used to sell the feeling of of, of making money and, and making it big time. But actually, it all boils down to you have to do the work. Everything you do, you have to do the work. <laughs> you know, and really, and I think to be fair, twenty books is quite upfront about that. I mean, it's in the title. You're gonna have to write at least twenty books before you stand any chance of getting to fifty k. So it, it does actually say that on the tin. You're gonna have to write twenty books before you consider fifty k. So I, I do think twenty books is very, very fair and upfront about that. That concept is very well known. But what you tend to do, you know, I can remember when I went. I'd, I'd been teaching for a couple of years. And I can remember going to an interview for journalism uh, in Preston. It was Preston Polytechnic at the time. I think it's the University of Central Lancashire now. And I, I was, you know, quite a quiet guy. I like to keep my own counsel most of the time and just open my mouth when I got something useful to say. And I remember going to this interview. And because I'd been in the world of work for a couple of years, I'd been teaching and had to behave like a professional and all that sort of stuff. 
When I went for my interview, and there were group interviews, I felt like I'd walked... Do you remember Fame in the, in, on the telly in the 1980s? I felt like I'd walked into the set of Fame because everybody, it was like um, Lord of the Flies. It was like everybody was there to kind of claw their way to the top. And I thought, oh, I'm not doing any of this. I'm not having any of this. This, this is not my style at all. Um, and it was it, it was just because there were so many kind of young people there and that's what they thought they had to do. Um, I don't know, you know, jump up on desks, do backflips and things like that. And to a certain extent, that's how I feel about many Facebook groups. People rush in there, hey, you know, pleased to meet you, blah, 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 blah. And they almost burn too bright, too fast. That That's my view. And, and whereas I would just rather like, you know, burn slowly is what I'd rather do. I'd rather glow slowly. And then when I got something useful to contribute, um, I'd rather contribute it. But, you know, that's probably age, generational and all that sort of thing, isn't it? You know, I'm just a, an old git. But um, that's how I would rather do it. Now, interestingly, at Preston, I, you know, I got offered my place and I ended up getting the trophy at the end of the year. And that's the way I like to do things. I just like to work quietly away at things. And, and, and rather than like promise the earth and then the deliver, I'd rather not promise too much and over deliver. That's just always been the way I like to do things. So what I would say is don't buy into the hype. It's like going to a party where no one knows each other, you know, full of young people, and they're all anxious to get to know each other. It's like, whoa, too much, too much. And that's why I find many Facebook groups like, you just think, you know, calm down, everyone, just calm down, and let's just talk sensibly among ourselves. So don't buy into the hype is what I would say. The other thing I would say to you is take what's useful, just scan it uh, once a day, take what's useful, jettison the rest. Now, I was talking to my mum uh, I've been teaching my mum how to order things on Amazon. And when I'm working with my mum online, and, and I, I can see her screen. I use a little app to connect to her screen. And, and, and she reads everything to me. And I said, mum, you don't need to read it. I can see it. And the other thing is, is you don't need to read it. I said, these are just upsells, they're offers, they're things like that. I said, just focus on what you're doing. Focus on what you're here for, which is like you're making a purchase click buy and you know do the payment details don't don't get distracted by all the stuff around and my mum constantly gets distracted by the stuff that's all around I say mum don't do it ignore it. it doesn't mean anything it's you know just focus you're buying something click the buy button and it's done forget all the other stuff the the upsells and the you know you might want this and other people bought ignore it just come to do what you've come for and that's what you should do when you're in a Facebook group come what you've cut don't get distracted by all the nonsense you know, look for something useful, scan it, take what's useful, jettison the rest. Not all of it's going to be relevant to you. Um, some of it will, some of it won't. Um, now, and this is the key phrase I want to I want to impress upon you, Edwin, and, and anybody else who's listening to this, is that I am in constant listening mode. My ears are always open. I'm always listening. So I scan stuff, and every now and then, you will see something, and you think, ah, I could do something with that. That's interesting. That works for me. Now, being in constant listening mode meant that I heard John Cronshaw talking about how he had created a box set and where he hadn't had success with or particular success with individual books. He was having great success by creating a box set. And it was listening to John a year ago that made my, because I was in constant listening mode, I'm always scanning for stuff that made my ears prick up and think, hmm, I need to find out more about that. I dropped John a line. John very kindly gave me the details. And that's what gave me my five-figure months. So what I would say to you is as a, an author, because we run a business, you need to be in constant listening mode. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be all over everything. It just means keep your ears open. Keep your ears to the ground. 
Um, some people sort of spend their lives contributing to those groups. I don't know how they ever get anything done, frankly, because I would never get anything done if, if all I did was be on social media contributing. So I, I do very, very little there. Uh, but similarly, I do share on this podcast. You know, I do share what I know on this podcast. I just don't do it on social media. If you want to know everything that I know, just listen to the podcast. This is where I put it. Um, but I don't repeat it all on social media. But effectively, you're panning for gold. Listen all the time. You're panning for gold. And every now and then, you'll find a gem or a golden nugget. Now, for instance, this week, uh, Edwin, you've said that you know there's too much noise in, in 20 books of 50K. As At the time I'm recording this, because I, I've got it set for the appointment, I've got this Facebook event, Craig Martell and others are offering hugely valuable internships through 20 books to 50K. And if you weren't in the group, if you weren't in listening mode, you'd never have been aware of that. Now what Craig's offering, it's a brilliant offer. I think he's teaming up with other people as well. They're offering internships, which mean that they will pay for you to go to 20 books Vegas. I think they're gonna give you like $100 or some, some spending money while you're there. And then they are going to let you write a book with them in their in their business and sort of support you through that. Now that is that's a bit of gold just there. And if you shut yourself down from twenty books to fifty k, you wouldn't see hugely valuable and generous offers like that. You know that is that's a bit of gold that is just there. So don't be like my mum reading an Amazon page. You know don't look at everything and think that everything has to be dealt with. You've always got to do something with it. You don't. Focus for what you're there for. You're panning for gold. You're looking for those elusive nuggets that will move the needle in your business. I just I scan scan up and down, just looking for what takes my fancy. And every now and then, I'll see something that I think I can use. Generally, if it, you know if it works, you'll hear about it in this podcast. So I do I do pass it on in that way. So in summary, I would say always be in listening mode because you never know when it might be time to harvest. That would be my advice to you. So I hope that's useful, Edward. And thanks ever so much for uh, dropping me that line. If you want to drop me a line, there'll be a little jingle at the end of the podcast telling you how you could do this. By the way, it's always useful for me if you could record your questions rather than send them. Otherwise, you just get too much of my voice. Quite nice to hear somebody else's voice in there. And if you do send me a question, if you want to get your branding right, you always need to start your question. Something like, hi, Paul, it's Fred Bloggs here from fredblogs.com. And then you get a little plug for your website. And I'm quite happy with that. Just before we finish then for this week, um, Twitter, I've, I've kind of come back to social media in a small way. I'm just letting my author page, I'm just going to, it's unpublished at the moment. I'm just going to let it die. I'm not doing anything else on my formal author page, but I have got three other Facebook pages, one for nonfiction, one for sci-fi, one for thrillers. And those pages that are all set up properly with a nice branded avatar and a, and a banner and all of that, they're all done properly. Uh, but I don't promote them in any way. I don't interact in any other way. I just use them for my ads. So that's what I'm doing with Facebook. I had a little go on Twitter. I'm not going to do anything on Twitter anymore. I'm just going to use it as a, as a way of, of keeping up with what other people are doing, reading what other people are doing, following other people that I'm interested in. I'm leaving it open. So if you want to use it as a communication tool to talk to me, you can direct message me, but I'm not going to be posting anything. And what I did this week is I turned it effectively into what I would call a landing page and that I put a series of posts there pretty well setting out my stall. And my stall is, all right, non-fit, I write psychological thrillers, I write sci-fi, I do part run and I have a podcast. So I got five generic posts there so that if you ever look me up on Twitter, you'd see exactly what I'm about 
but you'd see that I'm not really posting anything current at the moment. But that's how I plan to leave it. So you might see the odd sort of um, you know like from me. You probably won't see any retweets. And really, I'm just using it to be again in listening mode to just read what other people are saying. That's pretty well I'm what I'm using it for. And one last thing for this week, BookBub shared a nice blog post this week. It was called How to Launch a Book Using BookBub Marketing Tools. And you remember that I had another dough moment that I shared with you last week where I'd forgotten or I, hadn't, you know, I just hadn't thought to list my new books in BookBub because when a new book comes out, BookBub will send an alert to the people who are following you. And if you've done any kind of BookBub ads, you'll find that you've got some people following you in BookBub. And I find those a really effective alert. It's a bit like getting an Amazon email saying that you've got a new book out. You know, they're, they're just really valuable. They're free and they hit previous readers, people who are already interested in you. And it's, um, you know, it's just a very useful thing to do and, and something that I want to do every single time. It's something that I found had value last year when I was doing rapid release. So I've shared that link for you on the show notes for this week's episode. It's a BookBub a blog post and it's called how to launch a book using bookbub marketing tools it's well worth a read that you can check out the show notes and listen to the back catalog episodes at paulteague.com forward slash podcast if you want to record a question for me to answer on the show head for paulteague.com forward slash question if you've heard something that's helpful to you in your author business and you'd like to support the show, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Paul Teague. That's it for this week's show. Thanks very much for listening. And I hope you have a great week of writing. From me, Paul Teague. Bye-bye for now.